So we're continuing our series, The Epic Story, and I'm not going to do a recap this week. Uh, we did that last week, so if you are new with us, jump back a week or even a week or two and try to catch up a little bit. Um, uh, the messages aren't that long. So um, we were looking at Matthew chapter 7, and Jesus was teaching this parable about the house that's built on the rock. And he says, you know, if you listen to what I do and you do the words that I'm telling you, then you will be like a wise man who's built his house on the rock. But if you listen to what I say and you don't do that, you'll be like a man, a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain falls and the floods come and the winds blew and, and beats that house down and it fell. And it says it fell and, the, and great was the fall of it. Um, we sum that up by saying that Jesus says, hey, look, I've taught you some things now. Now I just want you to do the things that I taught you. And so we talked um, at the end about how God gave, a, gave us a very clear model uh, of walking the path and what that looks like in and through the person of Jesus. So he is our prototype, and we look at how he lived life and, and why he did the things that he did, and we try to model our life after him. We also talked about just because you know the path and you know this person of Jesus, it doesn't mean you're walking it. Um, and so I ended with a call to uh, take that seriously if you're a Christian. And if you are not, like if you're on the fence, like if you're exploring the faith, uh, the church, the person of Jesus, Christianity as a whole, the place to start is with Jesus. You look at him and his life and you go, okay, I'm going to try you out. I want to put you on myself and I want to try to be like you as best I know how. If you don't know how to do that and you want more direction with that, of course, I'm here to help you with that. And you can contact me through the church. Just email me at, at hello at westseattlechristian.church. Um, but last week, we talked about his what he was saying. that When he says that to his disciples, that's at the beginning of his ministry when he talks about that house built on the rock. And I told you we're going to talk about what he says at the end of his ministry as well regarding this. And really, his message never ever wavers. It doesn't waver from the beginning to the end. So I want to take you to, you could, you could read Matthew 7, but I want you to flip over to um, John chapter 14. In John chapter 14, uh, he says in verse, starting in verse 15, he says, if you love me, you will keep my commands. So that's basically just the same way of saying what he said before. If you listen to my words and do what I say, you're like a wise person. If you don't, you're like a foolish person. And in this, at the end of his ministry, he says, if you love me, he's talking specifically to his disciples who'd followed him all throughout his ministry. He says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And that doesn't sound complex. In fact, it's not. It's simple. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, what it continues to say and I will, is this, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Now, that next phrase in verse 17 is the spirit of truth. Who, so who's the helper that he sends you? He sends you the Holy Spirit. What I love about this is it makes things pretty easy for us, for, for you and me. It, in fact, it makes it really easy, I think. Not just simple, but easy. Um, maybe one way to talk about this is um, uh, just thinking about myself as a dad and where my kids are at. And then when I do that, I often think about where I was at when, they were, when I was their age and then how I grew up. I wish right now, my kids are 10 and 6 years old, um, soon to be 11 and 7 this fall, but I wish that our kids collectively, like all of our kids, if you have kids out there, I wish that our kids, if you're a person of faith, 
Uh, you probably think about this too, but I wish they could get into and have a relationship with Jesus and go to heaven based on our faith. I wish my kids could have that relationship with Jesus based on my faith right now. But our faith is, is our faith. My faith is my faith. And our kids, I had to find my faith. And my kids are going to have to find their faith too. They can't substitute my faith for their faith. They can't live uh, through, th vicariously, their faith through mine. And this is, for me right now, this is one of the hardest things to go through as a parent. I think it probably gets harder as they turn into teenagers and high schoolers and even in college. I think about now as my kids are growing up and coming to faith in Jesus and they just have this pure uh, faith and belief. They, they, they question some things. They come up with some real doozies, you know. But um, for me, I grew up in the church and I came to faith in Jesus at a young age. But then when I think about it now, I moved on into college and I had a lot of doubts. And I went through a time later in my life where I really had a lot of doubts in God and in faith. And that's what I want to talk a little bit about today. When you're in doubt and you don't know how to proceed uh, on this path that we've been talking about from last week. Jesus says, get on the path. Follow the path. Follow the, follow the path God has for you. It looks like what I'm doing. But then you, you come to these points in your life, whether by outside forces or from forces within you, uh, outside circumstances and scenarios, somebody does something in your life, something happens to your job, something happens to a person in your life that you're really close to, or you make a mistake and you do something really stupid, something like that. When you're in doubt and you don't know how to proceed, and here's what I've learned, some really good advice I received a long time ago. When you're in doubt about these things and how to proceed on the path, Act like Jesus. Act like Jesus. You will never go wrong if you act like Jesus. So regardless of where you stand with Jesus or with God or with any of this, this faith stuff, if you've been in it for a long time and been trying to follow him for a long time, or if you just started like this morning and you're like, your life is a wreck or you're just curious and your life is fine, you're never going to go wrong it, when you're in doubt, just act like Jesus and you, won't, you will never go wrong. I want to go back to what Jesus said to his disciples here in John 14. If you love me, you'll obey my commands. I want you to think about this for a second. That sounds pretty profound and easy, but it can also be complex because sometimes Jesus shows, because life is different for everybody and each day is different, right? Jesus shows tremendous grace and compassion when, with one group of people or a particular person. And the next day, he's flipping tables over in the temple, which is a whole, and there's a whole other reason for that. We've talked about that in here. Um, but which one is it? If I'm following the path of Jesus as my prototype, is it the love and the grace and the compassion or is it, or is it this righteous anger about a situation where he goes in and braids a braids a whip out of leather and starts driving people out. <laughs> Which one is it? Be because there's no contingency plan for a lot of things that we face as neighbors and parents and friends and even as kids, as married couples, just as people. There is nothing in the Bible that, that talks directly about a lot of everyday circumstances that we're going through. So how do you help in your neighborhood with your neighbors and the least of these in COVID-19? Well, you buy them gift certificates from, you buy gift certificates from the local restaurant and you give them to the local food bank to auction off to help everyone else who is in need the most. 
thereby helping everybody on Main Street in your village and, and in your neighborhood, and then people who don't have everything, or don't have anything that they need, they have the resources they can. So you invent something that looks like the way of Jesus. You create and innovate as best as you know how. And then how do you help your black brothers and sisters in the neighborhood or in your city who are still being oppressed in a myriad of ways after decades of slavery and, and even after slavery has ended decades ago and, and equality has not been found? Well, the first thing to do is say is to stand up and say, that's not right. That's not right. Because our God is a God who hears the cry of the oppressed and leads them out of pain and slavery and oppression. He's been doing it for millennia. He did it with Moses. He did it with Jesus. And, he, and Jesus says, if you love me, obey my commands. If you love me, obey my commands. Here's the thing. What I love about the next part in this verse in John 14 is when he says, if you love me, you'll obey me. And I'll ask the Father and he'll send a helper. So if you get it wrong and you go the wrong direction off the path, the Holy Spirit comes and says, hey, I'm going to help you write your path. I'm going to help you get back on the path. Don't go that way. It's not the right way. Don't go that way. It's not the right way. You, that way is dangerous. That way it might look good, but it's not good. That, might, that way might look like you're going to have it all, everything you ever dreamed of, but your life is just going to be, end up in tatters if you go that way. So you have the Holy Spirit working in you and through you. And he, he can lead you and direct the course of the path that you're on. And if you swing too far out off the path, he's going to help you get back on it. So that's what's going on with this verse in John 14. If you stray off course, the Spirit's going to help you. So just act like Jesus. If you get it wrong, he'll help you to be where you should be. All right, so now I want you to check out another verse in uh, 1 John chapter 2, verses 3 through 6, which says this. We know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar. And the truth is not in that person. But if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. We have to walk in the same way that he walked, basically, is what it says. You want to say that you love Jesus, it's simple. Walk the path. And that is really important right now in the context of our greater society because I think that the world has had enough of Christians who know lots and lots and lots and lots about God. But when they get outside the walls of the church, they don't look anything like Jesus, right? Like, don't just listen to the words. Walk the path. Husbands, eventually, you're going to have to love your way that Christ loved the church and gave himself up. For her. Stop pushing your own agenda uh, and love your wife well. It doesn't say love your spouse only when they love you back. That's not what the scriptures say. Uh, so if you did that, if you loved your wife well, then at least then whatever the Holy Spirit wants to do in her, in her heart, you're not keeping her so angry that she won't hear it. <laughs> okay. So let me give you another verse here from Jeremiah chapter 6. Go read all of Jeremiah chapter 6. There's a portion in there that says this. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask where the good way is and walk in it. And then, only then, not before, not 
knowing the path, not understanding the path, not telling other people about the path, not creating devotionals about the path, not reading about the path, not praying about the path, not thinking about the path, walking the path, walking it, then and only then will you find rest for your souls. That's how the end of that section ends in Jeremiah chapter 6. And we're like, he said, we're not going to walk in the path from last week. He said, some of us are like, I'm going to get on the path, but I'm not going to walk it. I'm not going to do anything. Uh, they didn't say they didn't know it. They, they knew the path. They just refused to walk it. And that's the, that's the story of when you go, walk through judges. They knew the path from a few weeks ago in this series. They knew the path and they would go get on that cycle and then they would abandon the path. They knew it and then they would step off and they wouldn't. They just decided to put their blinders on and plug up their ears and go, no, we want to go do this. It's like a husband who comes to church and he hears that he should love his wife well and then he goes home and yells at her over all the little stuff because he has an anger problem that he won't deal with because he doesn't really want to walk the path. And Jesus is over here saying, come back to the path and walk the path. He who hears, hears the words of mine and does them is like a wise person who built their house on the rock. So last week, before we get to communion, um, Last week, I left you with the implication that Jesus says, here's, here's the way I want you to live. Now go do it. I've taught you some things. Now go do it. Get on the path and start walking the path. And this week, I want to leave you with another implication um, for when you don't know what to do, for when you're doubting, for when you are in self-loathing, for when you are just totally confused about what's going on in your life and you're wondering about this whole thing of faith and following Jesus and all of that. Um, and I wanted to say one thing first, that getting angry and kicking and screaming and whining and yelling and throwing a fit like a toddler is not going to help you. Um, when you don't know what to do, when you are in serious uh, confusion or doubt about how to live your life in these moments of, of doubt, um, here's what you need to do. Act like Jesus. Act like Jesus. It will never steer you wrong. It will never lead you in a wrong way, I promise you. When you don't know what to do, act like Jesus, which frankly is the great, a great transition into this communion time because the starting place for acting like Jesus is to lay down your life for other people like he did for us. So serving others, looking out for the needs of others and helping them. And that's what communion reminds us of. If you look at the words of institution, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, we are given these words from the Apostle Paul where he says this is Jesus' body, this bread represents his body. He gets up before his disciples and he says, this is my body given for you. And after supper, he takes the cup of wine and he says, this is, this is the blood of the new covenant which I've shed for you. And whenever you eat this bread and drink from this cup. I want you to remember me. And so if you've got those elements right now, I'd like you to remember him right now. You can hit pause. You can read over that section of, of scripture in 1 Corinthians 11, meditate upon it. Take, take, a, take a moment of silence uh, before you partake and then take that when you're ready.